Yo, it's Shaky D, and you're listening to Strictly Chickly. Get your hip hop source. Hey, yo, do you ever get bothered by Jehovah Witnesses? Like, we could talk about it just because, you know, they're a religion and you want to be respectful. You know, we don't talk about it. And I just want this segment to be about things we don't talk about. So Jehovah Witnesses, they like mad annoying, you know, like for real, like they, they need to chill. Like, first of all, I don't really know the exacts, but I know certain things that just don't make sense to me within the religion. For one, like the way I was raised, you need to be invited to come over people's house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just don't get the, y'all pulling up deep. It's aggressive. I feel like I'm under attack. Like, y'all be pulling up deep. Like, I can laugh about it, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying to relax. Like, the morning is sacred to me. I'm working in the morning. I'm getting my mind right, you know. I'm talking to y'all niggas. And then Jehovah Witnesses just pull up, like, four cars deep? Like, four cars deep, though? Four cars deep. Pull up. I mean, come on, let's talk about it. How y'all niggas just gonna hop out and then it's like y'all fill every seat and every fucking vehicle y'all in. Every fucking seat, even the middle drawn, it's like six, seven niggas hop out a fucking small ass fucking Hyundai or Kia Soul or some shit. I don't know. Like, what's what's going on? Don't like 20,000 people get into to, to heaven? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like some weird number, like only a certain amount of people can get into heaven if you like a Jehovah Witness, like 2,000, 20,000, 200,000. I don't know, but I, for it to have a number, why would I be knocking on somebody's door giving away my seat? I'm just saying, I like pause, like you're not making no sense and I'm frustrated because it's early. My nigga, it's early as fuck. And you at my fucking, you in my face. I feel like I'm under attack. You, it don't, why gotta be so many of y'all? Like, relax. Don't come up to my shit. I got other stuff going on. Like, for real, if you, if you want people that bad, if you just so, so courteous, you want to give up your, your, uh, chance of your lottery of getting into, to, 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 to the Lord. Okay. If you want to risk that shit, why don't y'all help? Why don't y'all throw some shit at the at the halls? Niggas will come. Open your fucking doors. How y'all just gonna fucking pick when the fuck y'all want to fuck with people? <laughs> like for real. Quit fucking with us. For real. And if and if you in that shit, if you into that shit, my bad. But nah, don't be knocking on my door. Maybe you you maybe you the one that don't knock on my door. And I appreciate that, my nigga, because I know it could be way more of y'all doing this shit. For real. Cool. I'm just saying. I don't know, man. You didn't fix that shit from the inside. Open y'all doors. Shit, every time I see a hall, the doors closed. I don't see nobody. Ain't nobody knocking on your shit. Why don't y'all open y'all doors and be like, hey, I got some grilled hot dogs. On, you know what I'm saying? Do something, you know, in that area. Where, where the fuck y'all hall at? Quit knocking on my fucking door. Oh, because of you.
I'm at the beach with the Brodies. Like, it's because you a bitch-ass motherfucker and all this shit. 
I'm like, why I make him a bitch ass motherfucker because he don't want to beat you up. I'm like, that's some stupid shit. But if a man was to go on and put his hands in, Oh, 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 he hit me. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, why we gotta go through all that? Nobody wanna hear that, man. Yeah, I know there ain't no beat here because I asked a yes or no question. And then because they wanna give the why to the yes or no question, they be like, no, no. But let me say this. No, be quiet. It's a yes or no question. They not. See, they ain't there. Excuse me for how y'all might take this. It's not mm -hmm. take it how you want. Mm -hmm. But they not trained and taught. That sound like my. To, that sound like my. Uh, to respect men, they not trained to do that. That's my. That they not. Like they trained to give. They they more they, they more left. They more trained to to be independent. But they failed at that. True or false? Both. Okay. How do they how do they succeed at being independent? Well, how, how well first and foremost, to be like, it's for me to understand this conversation, for me to chime in intellectually, and I need to know what type of women y'all talking about because this is a broad subject, and you need to narrow it down to the type of women because we all can't fit in this category. That's why okay. I'm being okay. rebellious, Sometimes. I guess. Sometimes. So what do you call these type of women? Majority of the women. That's what I call them. Like sometimes Majority. you don't know how to distinguish the women and make them different because you see it so you see it so often. You know what I'm saying? Majority. And even, when, <laughs> even when you're trying to get some women the benefit of the doubt, once you get to know them, they try to pull that same shit on them. You know what I'm saying? That's that, that, that. I was born in a single family household. You know what I'm saying? Shit. I, I guess I'm kind of trying to understand the scenario and this situation. Okay, you want to get a scenario? <laughs> yeah. Scenario? Yeah. Say I'm like, say I'm, I'm uh, you the man in the house, right? And, <laughs> and you got a business plan. And yep. you tell your woman, like, listen, you don't got to go work for nobody else. If you with a man and he got a business plan, are you willing to still go work another man's job or another person's job and your man got an idea and you don't work your man's idea? I feel fucked. That's how I feel. Like, I, I feel I feel like that you don't respect your man enough to be like, all right, my dude say he got an idea, I'm going to follow him. Until it go wrong. But if you don't see that it's going wrong, then I feel you should sit the fuck back like the support. It's, okay. a, it's a support thing. But where I say it's disobedient is, is if your man got an idea and you see it working, uh -huh. and you don't give it that full faith, then why? See, it, it's more, it's bigger than just the disobedience, though. It's bigger than just that. It ain't just disobedience. It's lack of faith. Then I understand that. You, yeah, this makes sense. So you, this that. is a woman that's committed to you, that committed herself. No, 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 I'm saying this is a woman. I'm giving an example. Right, I understand. But I gotta, under, I, it's coming from a committed yeah, scenario, from a though. committed scenario. Thank you, okay. Now I'm, okay, I'm rocking with this. Alright, now I understand that. That's just like, uh, if I'm investing my money as an artist, you know what I'm saying? And I'm getting a lot of playback and I'm getting a lot of feedback. And it might be like, I, I might not need no, uh, I might not need no financial support, but sometimes you do need to know, you know what I'm saying, to hear from your significant other, like, yo, what you doing is the shit, you know what I'm saying? 
Like you need positive reinforcement, no matter what somebody might say. You know what I'm saying? Like especially if it's coming from your so-called, uh, if it's coming from your so-called woman. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, it's like to the right. Two seventy one south. Okay, okay. For the most part, am I uh, am I seeing like it's hard to get a woman to believe in you and shit? They always want a ready-made nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like they think a nigga's supposed to come with all the bells and whistles when they get to them, and and you, and you they don't want to catch you in that building stage. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want to go through the grind to have to build. You know what I'm saying? No, really, I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about that. I'm just telling you from my scenario. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. I don't know too much about that. But right. I get what you're talking about. Right. Well, when I say about this obedience, I'm saying if I'm the one you chose. Because a dude can cho choose a female, but ultimately, the female is choosing this man. Uh -huh. The man chooses, but the female has his ultimate choice. Yeah. You feel uh -huh. me? Like, yeah, yeah so. pass it to me when the cops right here. This nigga just passed me to hell. They already got these niggas pulled over like, shit. They I feel, I feel a tap and tap on my shoulder. I said, dog, <laughs> wait. Hurry up and take this. Wait. <laughs> Let it pass. <laughs> shit. Nah. Alright. But if they don't if they don't if you choose a man to be your significant other. Yeah, you should ride with him to the wheels for Right. And and it should like the arguments, that's cool. I don't really like I'm not really an arguer with female. I don't wanna argue with female. I talk shit to him. I don't really wanna argue with him. So if I say be quiet, why do I gotta tell you to be quiet? If I say be quiet, be quiet. But they look at it as like you trying to be their dad. Well, guess what? Your dad should have told you. When the man talking, the person you chose to be your leader, not leader as in you know, everything you do, That's but exactly what it is. The head of the household, yeah, that is what it is. But I try to, you know, they so sensitive. They That's call right. that sensitive. That's right. That's why I try to be sensitive to how they feel. Um, but as soon as you sensitive to how they feel, when you sensitive to how they feel, and then as soon as you be like, and you see how being sensitive to how they feel gets where it gets you, you like, oh hell no, this is what I'm on right now. This is how it's gonna be. They, they get scared because they don't really want to, they don't really want to see that. They, that's because they've been they've been raised with that I'm in charge mentality. They all queens. And when you're a queen, you want to be catered to because you're royalty, you know what I'm saying? But like I keep saying, if everybody queens, where the fuck the peasants at? right now is because I trust y'all y'all respectful young men and gentlemen grown ass men not to belittle that young man shit but y'all young as fuck and y'all and y'all understand women and y'all just this is just y'all getting this shit out of the frustration that you deal with day in and day out dealing with women every day you know what I'm saying so don't don't feel like you gotta be like oh well I know us we we y'all good y'all good so you just get this shit out you know bitches be tripping that's just like, 
that's just like this one bra, right? She be hitting me up, or she don't hit me up no more because I stop hitting her up and stop responding because she got a dude, you know what I'm saying? And from what I hear about the dude, he a solid nigga. I'm like, this nigga paying all the rent, but you don't work nowhere, you know what I'm saying? I don't feel that solid. I'm just saying. What I'm saying is, he look, he, really, he got her back. She really don't have nothing to complain about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, when a nigga showing you he got your back. Like if, if she got something to complain about, it's about a man being a man and probably checking her. Like, cause I've been over her house and when I walked in, I was like, oh, I would see why a nigga would be mad at you. But you don't work all day and your house smell like this. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I'd be mad too. What it smell like? Man, Pudusi. <laughs> Man, I'm like, these kids gotta run around in this pedussy smell that they probably used to by now. Like, this shit. Like, I'll be mad too. What the fuck, bitch? You here all day. You ain't gotta pay a bill. You know what I'm saying? And then she's trying to give me the butt. Like, <laughs> bitch, why you wanna give me the butt? I ain't about to pay no rent. I ain't about to pay no bill. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he don't give me the attention I need. Maybe he at work 12 hours. You know what I'm saying? Damn, bitch. Yeah, I see some girls, they dudes be, they dudes be working and stuff, and then they be mad at that. I be like, yeah, but then see, if you yeah. ain't working, you a bum ass nigga though. Yeah, yep. Yeah. See, it's a it's a lose lose situation here. It's always a lose lose situation. That was my situation too. Like shit, when I was working, it wasn't a good enough job. When I wasn't working, I ain't got no money. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I'm broke. Like, oh, oh, I'm broke now. <laughs> you was just sucking my dick, but now I'm broke. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand that shit. Like, I feel like when your man is down, you should have your man back. Yeah. For the most yeah. part, yeah. I ain't seen too many dudes that, that's real solid dudes that'll let their woman be down and out. You know what I'm saying? And they should return that shit. They should be appreciative. And then if they, was, if they was obedient, this go back to that obedience right here. If they was obedient... When you down, it wouldn't be no down and out. If you are independent, if you are an artist, if you are both, go ahead on the Nerve DJ's Facebook page. That's Nerve DJ's Facebook page. They are the independent music movers. If you're trying to get your music in rotation, you got to get to connect with the DJs. And these guys are local and they are also independent. Soul proprietors, no worry. We got your back right here. Nerve DJ's Facebook page. They just came to Cleveland, Ohio, and it was the 20, um, no, not the 20th, but the 16th anniversary of their music conference and showcase. Um, it was very, very, very good. If you are trying to make some moves, if you're trying to lace yourself up with some education about music and clearances when it comes to features and everything under the sun, they had a panel with a bunch of DJs. Um, they even had a DJ that um, supported Kaya, my neck, my back. I mean, they had a lot of information for independent artists and they were, they were also selling information as well. It get a little costly, but I tell you, your girl Shaggy D got you covered. I got a little bit of the audio um, so you guys can listen out, see how you feel about it. And maybe if you want to attend the next conference, go ahead to Nerve DJ Facebook page. Let's go. Reasons because you have a fucking passion. There's reasons for you wanting to be here for 15 years. Figure out who you are. And then you will gravitate to the people that will fucking bring you to that place. Right? Because there's all different reasons we do things that we do. 
but be real for who you are. Don't be fucking full of shit. So I got uh, questions for Kermit and Drum Guy specifically. I'm gonna get to what I want to talk about the music tracking, the digital tracking. So I was I did a show on Jay Z on 9/11. We did a show about the Blueprint album, and we were looking at Jay Z's record sales. And Jay Z's first three or four record sales up until the Blueprint were like three million, four million, five million. And then after that, Jay Z's biggest record sales album was like a million and a half. Like it dropped way off, it was five million, four million, three million. And yet, it's because streaming services took over and everything changed with record tracking. So how do digital record sales work? How does digital tracking work from what you're talking about versus the way it used to be tracked, which is Billboard and how many CDs got sold? What's the tracking system like now and how artists get measured for success? Well, I'll answer that question in regards to radio tracking because streaming tracking is a little bit different because it's done through the ISRC code. A lot of things have now changed within the industry. Obviously, as you mentioned, CDs no longer exist. People aren't making $10 a CD and those types of things just don't exist anymore. Now it's micro pennies. It's not even pennies on the dollar. It could even be pennies. It's micro pennies. Uh, but when it comes to tracking music now, it's all done through ID3 MetaTag data. That's why it's very, very important, even DJs, it's very, very important that your music is tagged properly, that the artist name and the song title at a minimum is ID3 tagged or embedded within that MP3 before it even leaves the studio is really the best thing to do. Because what's happening now is music is traveling so fast with social media, DJs are then sharing those digital files and so forth, and nobody wants to be playing something called track one or something called unknown, etc. That's probably the worst thing that anybody's gonna do. So what's happening now, companies like Digital Radio Tracker is able to go in and track now digitally and what's going on now in the digital society versus the analog way, your music is now traveling all over the world. So now it's about what music is being played in, in Europe, in Japan, in Australia, and other foreign territories. If you want to collect your royalties, if you want to make money on your music in any capacity, you've got to make sure it's tagged up. That's interesting. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Get some questions ready because I'm going to ask a couple of, uh, we're going to have a couple questions from the audience. If you have a question, you can come up here. We're going to have a couple ready in a second. So Kermit, we talked a lot about classic music, man. You've been a part of so many hit records. One of the biggest records you had was uh, Kia with My Neck, My Back, right? And that's one of the ones you always put up. And I ask that because you've been a part of some classic, you know, game-changing projects. And Kia was one that had a hit, but when it, when it came out, it was My Neck, My Back. Like people had, they felt a certain way about the record. And a lot of people had differences of opinion. They thought it was a bad and went out. Changed the game for a lot of rappers that came out after her. But when it came out, that was a record that now might be compared to some of these rappers that are out like a little Nas X or somebody else, where they said, all right, that's a one-hit record and things like that. So when we're talking about classic music versus trends, classic music with a legacy versus maybe just a one-hit wonder, what's your take on those two those two types of records that come out? And how do you feel when you're promoting a record like, like that? that, that when Kia came out, did you think that was a one-hit or a one-off type of record, or did you think she was going to have a 20-year career? Kaya. 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 I'm sorry, Kaya. Um, well, you want an honest answer? Or yeah. You wanna, we or always you, want an honest answer. You want an answer you can say when people recording you. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, when I got that record, 
I never give an opinion on record because my legacy is always promoting the record regardless of what it is. But I've done a lot of records with Mike here over the years and uh, when some, a lot of people might say garbage records or whatever, but everybody loves their music, so it's my job to promote it regardless of what it sounds like. But in reference to her, not because of me, but I had some guys with me, matter of fact, a group that called Straight Nines from Cleveland, was with me in Florida when I actually picked up the Kyle record. It was distributed by Southwest Wholesale at the time out of Houston. And they were just pleased with them, so they called me up and said, hey, can you distribute this record? And I had nothing distributed nothing outside of the Midwest really that much. I was like, yeah, I can do it, you know, but I was really lying. But <laughs> I ended up hooking up with them, and uh, I had the record, I gave it to Selective Hits, and then we moved it on independently, and we ended up doing about 100,000 copies independently, and she went on through um, Artemis Sony and did like another 550,000 units at least. And I talked to her, she said it was up to 850,000, but I know it was at least 650,000 sales. And, but when I got the record, I had some promos with me. I had a hundred promos. I was just stripping out. I was like, hey man, we need some money to get some food. I'm like, I got a box of CDs on the one time I go to a gas station to sell those. It was a hundred in the box. They brought back 93 of the hundred in the box. So I'm like, oh my God, this is garbage record I'm not got here. You know, so, but the thing, the funny thing about the Kaya record is that my involvement was, I actually was a distributor. I was the um, street team coordinator and the retail marketing person. And the way that record took off was, we took it off first in the street, because when I got the record, it was only playing in three markets. It was playing in Miami, Florida, Tampa, Florida, where she's from, and a station in uh, Hawaii. That's it, that's the only major station that was on. So we broke it at street and retail first, then radio came in and did something. Once it started happening on radio, then we got the one of the video channels came in. Once the video channels came in, that brought it back to where we're selling more records and we'll get more radio playing. Then the second video thing came in and it just took off like records do now, viral. But yeah, it was considered a, a garbage record. You know, assumed to be a one-hit wonder, but her next album didn't do that well. And that's why we talk about your 15 minutes of fame or whatever, but not necessarily because of something that she did. But I heard there was a lot of lawsuits about the record because they said that the, the producer got it from somebody else like, I'm glad you mentioned it, like you people not buying all these lease beats. That's one of the worst things in the world out here, is buying a lease beat. We have an artist on our conference call. We do free conference call every other Tuesday. We have an artist, um, what does that called? Um, Shadows. Shadows. Song called Shadows with a girl singing in the background. And we had an artist that she thought she actually purchased a song. Then in the meantime, one of my guys, Lex Luger from uh, Mississippi, sent an email me a track by a rapper that had the same song with just him on it. Then he told me he know he did a um, he, he does a hood out tour in the south. He said he had two guys that performed at his event. One was from uh, Texas and one was from South Carolina, and they both performed on the same song. He thought he had made a mistake putting the wrong thing in the DJ thing. So anyway, this guy. And they sold this song to a whole bunch of people. And the funny part about that, which is not funny at all, is that that guy, if he has a, you know, the copyright, the publisher, whatever, when these people are going around thinking that they done leased this song and it takes off, he is the one that's going to make this big money. And suppose that I found out, I tried to do my research and the lady was on our call named Marilyn Faye, you can find her on Instagram, Marilyn Faye, F A Y E. And she, uh, because she thought she really like owned the song, the rights and all this stuff. And um, 
she told that the guy is in England somewhere. Because me and the guy that DJ Butterrock was also a um, nerd DJ and a 61 DJ. We asked him, what was the guy's address? We asked him to go talk to this guy. What if y'all know what that means or not in the game? But because uh, it was really ridiculous how much he messed up her. The girl is sitting on that lives in California, supposedly. You know, supposedly told her that she's not interested in getting in wrong to go whatever, yeah, okay, whatever, sure. But the sad part about it is that Lisa the song with so many different people, and they think that they can use a song. And the sad part about it, you cannot get a record deal with it or put it out to a major record label because it's not your song. And any contract you sign, whether it's management, report, or whatever, you give that person a free uh, harm from any third-party claims. So if I just give it a record of yours and it's someone else's record, I don't care. That's your problem. That's your money that's tied up and gone. I was looking at uh, Bobby Smyrna who had that basement record and he made a lot of money off shows and stuff before he got locked up and he made no money off the song because the kid was, you know, he didn't own the rights to the beat so he made no money off the record. He did make a lot of money off performances and stuff but the same thing, he had no rights. We have an attorney on a panel. Artists, pay super duper attention to what I'm about to ask because a lot of people don't have money to afford a consultation. So I'm going to ask you, at a legal starter kit for an artist. You got an artist that's getting ready to drop a project, first time out the gates, and they need to protect themselves. What do they need to be thinking about from a legal perspective so they can make money and protect their content when they put it out? So I'm going to just stop right here. If you don't know what she sheet is, you need to come see me, like, wait the fuck now, right? <laughs> Let's talk about a producer agreement, a songwriting agreement, and a fucking copyright. BA, songwriting, SR, like, I get calls all the time, look, just, I, this is not even self-promotion, because I'm here, I don't fucking need nothing from nobody, I got money. I'm here because I love and I'm passionate about music, right? So I wrote this. It's for the record. It's a fucking guide, a blueprint for music, if you're an independent artist. The first 20 people that come here and buy this book from me today for fucking $20 will get five fucking coaching lessons from me. You right? Because I am so tired of people calling me and asking me, because you know what? You don't know, and if you don't know, you're taking advantage of. And you know what's fucking crazy about this industry? I've been fucking jacked, right? I see, I ain't fucking Becky no more, right? Because I, right? Ben is left, but you know it's fucking true. We've had these conversations. I got money and I've been real, and people take advantage. But there's a million people out here, right here, standing here that have been taking advantage of. From fucking, oh, I gotta pay to be on this show, to, you're gonna pay for this fucking advertising that's fucking bots? Like, I can't even go on and on and on. Like, let's keep it real. Let's get good music. Let's be real with each other. Let's fucking make this work, right? Because if you're here, obviously you care. Obviously you want to fucking make it work. Obviously you want to make a living out of this, right? You don't want to be here to be paying people. You want to be here to fucking make money. So, come see me at the end of this panel. We'll talk. Yes. Beautiful. And so Ray, while you got the mic, I'm gonna talk to you for a second because last time you were here you told us about the most success you had from a record coming from a source that wasn't radio and it wasn't record sales, it was from a different revenue source. 
because we have paperwork together. Tell them how you made money off the biggest, the biggest records in your head. Uh, sinks and licenses. I haven't heard anybody talk about sinks and licenses. Pay attention, because um, real. And I think right now is an amazing time for artists because a lot of television shows that you watch, a lot of movies that you watch, a lot of video games that you play, they all rely on music to help propel or to fill a scene or to work in a trailer, you know. So the record that you're talking about was a record I did back in 09. That, I mean, it was just since since last year when I was here this time, it was in two more video games since then. So it's like the song that keeps on giving, you know what I'm saying? It's not um, it's not like the multi-platinum, nothing like that, but every couple months, somebody called me and want to give me five Gs, 10 Gs for this record to use it. Um, so looking into how to get your songs in sync, um, and how to get your songs licensed is important. You know, if you with a publisher, they can help with that, or at least if you have an admin deal, they can help with that. But it's something that you can look into, um, because a lot of artists always talk about, well, I don't have a budget, I don't have money to do things. Um, but you gotta figure out different revenue streams. Like, motherfucker, you can get paid off YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, you put engaging content up there, and you do an assets, you can get paid off YouTube. You can get, you should be getting paid if you have music on any of the DSPs. That goes all the way from, you know, Sound Exchange, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, all the way up to, you know, the Apples and the Spotify's and all that. But you should be getting something, you know what I'm saying, if your music is out there and somebody is streaming it. So, there's different ways to make money in this business. I have a few different things that I do. So, you know, they always say you gotta have seven revenue streams to pay a million. So I got about six, seven joints. I ain't a billionaire. But, you know what I'm saying, like, just six, seven ways to get to this bag um, that, that can help propel your career because you wanna just continuously reinvest it and, you know what I'm saying, shit like that. I did wanna correct you, though, on the, the Bobby Smurda thing, because I actually know um, Jalil Beats produced that joint, and what happened was, that was a um, Lloyd Banks record. Lloyd Banks had the beat initially, and he put it out like as a freestyle. When Bobby got the beat, it turned into a song, and the song started going, and so Epic did have to reach out to Jalil to clear the joint, and so that they could legitimately put it out through the Sony family and make money off of it. But who ended up taking the L in that situation was Lloyd Banks, because he never bought the beat and then owned the beat, and so it wasn't his to keep. Hef told me that. That's how I got this started. No, I'm playing. I'm just joking. Hef ain't telling me that. I want to talk to the drum guy because you ain't talking yet. You're 16, bro. You're the youngest guy we got in the room. You produce for some of the biggest stars in the industry. Like, huge, huge people. So you have a different perspective than anybody else in the whole room. And I've had the pleasure of interviewing a couple times, probably when you were like 13. I don't know when the first time I interviewed you was, when you were a little kid, now you're growing up. But when you hear all of them talking about the music industry and everything, does that match your experience in the music industry? Like, you've been doing a little bit, like, what, what do you hear people saying that is right and wrong with your journey and how you've been able to make it in the music industry? Every, everything I heard them say so far has been, it, it been correct. You know, I have experienced the whole not having your um, licensing license shit set up. Um, I I didn't been through it, and you know I didn't not made money off of songs because of it. And you know, um, you know, licenses is a big part of it. You know, having your paperwork set up with the artist from a producer standpoint is a huge part of it. Not only just for the artist, but for the producer too, you feel me? And, you know, 
you know, producers don't really get their fair share of the song. So you feel me? You should want to do that for the producer at the end of the day. Because we ain't getting what y'all getting. You feel me? We, if y'all getting pennies on the dollar, we getting minus your penny on the dollar. <laughs> you feel me? We, we, you feel me? So it's already hard enough for us. That's not true. You not doing the paperwork for us is doing nothing to make it even more difficult. You feel me? And then we got to call somebody or we got to have somebody reach out to somebody and get the, get the label and, you know, do all that. That's costing us money. And nine times ten, you know, most producers is doing the most for a song that's only going to generate you, you know, five, six hundred dollars. But you just spent thousands of dollars trying to reach this label to get this artist to do this for you. You feel me? And nine times ten, it don't even be worth it. You know? He's 16, man. 16. If he's 16, out of there, man, there's no reason you should be able to get me. But listen to how much he knows already about that side of things. He's like, yeah, I got burnt before. He's like a 60-year-old blues singer. Yeah, I remember back in my day, I got burnt. I love it. I'm going to start again with Drunk God and work our way down. It's going to be our last question for the panel. We're going to get a couple questions from the audience so we can move on. I'm gonna ask you to answer this question and then give them either your social media or if you wanna give another way to contact you, whatever you wanna do. We'll start with Drunk Guy. I want you, and keep it succinct, we can't go real long with it, but give me one thing that is a trait of a successful person as we go down the line. Give me a trait of somebody you work with that has success because you've had success in the industry. And I think a lot of people down here wanna have success, but they don't know what that means, what success means. Give me one trait of a successful person, and then give me a way for them to contact you if they have questions or anything like that. Go ahead, drunk guy. A trait of a successful person. I want to say... I want to say happiness, bro. Happiness, man. Because it, it's like, even people that aren't, or it's people that are successful that aren't happy, you feel me? Because they may be not, they may not be where they want to be in their career, but you're going to know a true successful person when you actually see them happy. Like happy, like really happy, you know? I like positive. I've this question a million times. That might be my favorite answer I've ever had. That's a beautiful thing. That's a great answer. Go ahead and give me your contact information too. Um, my Instagram and Twitter is I am Drunga. Um, I am Drunga. And y'all can email me songs and everything at drumgod at endless, E-N-T, N-L-E-S-S-E-N-T dot com. Um, songs, beats, just anything. I listen. Damn. Okay, so um, traits of successful people. Most of the people that I work with, especially over the last, even going back to the 50 cent era, to the Eminem era, everybody always built a team. Um, so there was always a salesperson, there was always a manager, there was always a road manager, there was always a business manager, and there was, it was just a team. And a lot of successful artists, they build communities. So, uh, 
Just so you know, like one of the things I think like with MGK learning from Tech Nine on his first major tour was how to be a touring artist, how to build a music community. So whenever he released content, there was gonna be three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand people that was gonna listen and look at it and also engage with your fans with that content. So then it was like video blogs and stuff like that, but it was always stuff for his music community that he had built. So like on Facebook, there was a community called EST, that's my team home. Same thing on uh, Instagram. But even with the, 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 the artists like today, like one of the, uh, I just remember Ron with T Grizzly one time, he just said the way he put together his album was like, Hey, I'm gonna give me two street features. That's gonna be for like the Yo Gotti's and the Money Bag Yo's and stuff like that. Then I'm gonna go get me two streaming artists that stream really well. So that'll be like Lil Pump, Famous Decks, people that just stream a million streams a day type shit. And from putting together his project, he built his own community. So no matter what, if he has a radio record, if he has anything, he can always tour and he's always going to sell between 30 and 50,000 units his first week out. And everybody thought that he was a one-hit wonder. You know what I'm saying? So just building a community, and even like with the stuff that, if I'm working with Megan Thee Stallion, who's on fire right now, if I'm working with Joaquin Osiris, like, they believe the same thing. Teamwork and building up a music community. So every time they drop a project, you can go gold or platinum. I am Big Hub. Contact Drug Guy. It's going on my new manager. We out here. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, sorry, but for you all, I, I always heard successful people know you have two ears and one mouth. You should listen more than you talk. And there are a lot of people talking and not listening. Right. So unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, go ahead. No, that's, that's facts. Oh. I think just showing up, you know what I'm saying? A lot of it is showing up. Like people that sit in this role, they showed up because they care, because they are curious, because they want to further themselves in their career. Um, you know, and, and by showing up doesn't necessarily always mean physically in the building. Like you could be here and not be paying attention and be on your phone. That's not showing up just because you're physically present. But but show up, you know what I'm saying? Like this motherfucker's, oh, I was gonna go to the studio that day, but I had to, you know what I'm saying? I had a flat, I had a I couldn't find a babysitter. I had to go to work. And these are real life situations, but you gotta push through that motherfucker because the person that showed up is the person that's gonna get the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like, prime example, when I was saying too much, I had an opportunity of working with an artist. They was like, yo, we gotta go to LA, we gotta get in the studio. I was like, bet. The same day, I got a call um, to, to, um, to be in a television show. I can't say too much about it. Yo, we got this television show, we got this gig for you, um, you gotta play this role, boom, boom, boom. So I had to make a choice, right? Damn, do I go and work with this producer or do I go do this TV shit? So I ended up going and taking the trip and working with the producer and writing on this hit record and working with the producer some more and establishing a relationship. But you know, you gotta show up. You gotta show up. And when a motherfucker give you an opportunity, you gotta show up, don't half-ass it, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't mail it in, I don't mean literally, but like, show up, like, every opportunity you get, 
Yeah, we got a mic, we got 10, you got, you got 10 minutes, you got five minutes, you got three minutes, you got to show up, cause you never know who's watching, you never know what's streaming, you never know who's paying attention. I meet so many people that tell me, yo, I listen to your show all the time, or yo, I watch your shit, or they show me this shit on their phone, there's people that I never thought knew I even existed, you know what I'm saying? But you always gotta play every game like it's your last game, you gotta make every play like somebody's looking, cause somebody's looking. How, how many people listen to you every day? How many people listen to you every day? I mean, they say Sirius has still got 80 million subscribers now. Okay. And that equates to like, what, 160? They say it's two per car. You know, they're just quiet Pandora as well. I didn't get none of that check, but you know what I mean? It's all good. It's out there and shit. You know, I mean, even in markets like this, I meet people all the time. Victoria, I listen to your show all the time. Boom, boom, boom. So I'm appreciative. At Tore, T-O-R-A-E. Not that other guy. That's me. Tore. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, fuck with your family, Brooklyn, what's up? I want to build on that for just one second, and Hep can back me up on this. When MGK was coming out, we used to be, Hep was, uh, and I used to do a lot of shows at the Fantasy in Cleveland, and at uh, Peabody's in Cleveland. And we would do these shows, I would be hosting, and Hep was promoting you through this thing, and MGK would show up these shows, nobody knew who he was, he'd come to the side of the stage, he'd be like, let me get a song, let me freestyle, let me do this video. He'd be like, boy, you on the show, you didn't put in. He would be there unannounced, nobody knew who he was. We'd be like, no, you can't do anything. And then we'd say, all right, you can do one song, then you gotta go. And then we'd do one song, and we'd let maybe be interviewed or whatever. He was always showing up, invited or not. He was always showing up. And then one time, we let him do a song, and everybody in the crowd knew every word to the song. And this little boy was signed. And we looked at each other like, what the hell happened here? Like, is this the same kid? This ain't the same kid. He's here, but this ain't him. All of a sudden, and it's because people don't know that about that guy. Like, he would show up and just work. And it's not like that was an overnight thing. And he was just this guy that blew up. He showed up and make it happen and make a name for himself and build relationships like everybody's talking about today. He was a product of relationship building and showing up in a lot of ways. So that's great advice right there. I just want to say you have to have a passion. Like in order to be a champion for your boys, you gotta have a passion for it, right? So I work with legacy artists and the real issue for me is like if you got an entitlement problem, I don't want to fucking deal with you, right? Because I'm an attorney, I passed the fucking bar exam, but I am teachable every day. I never think I show up here and know everything. Because you, you, you can teach me something I don't know. So you gotta have passion and you gotta be teachable. That's what I think. Because that's what makes you the outstanding person in the room. Because nobody wants to deal with a fucking asshole. Sorry. Right. They ain't no money out here, they ain't enough money out here to deal with you. <coughs> especially if you think you all that. So, my, and my calling card is if you want to talk to me, see me at the back of the room when I'm done here. I love that. I love that for sure. Kermit, what defines a successful person? A successful person for me is somebody that's humble. You got humble to me and that is successful because um, like when I work with artists, I tell them like, yeah, it's fine that I go and if I tell somebody to pick up a poster or pick up a business card or pick up a DRT card or whatever, but if an artist actually comes to you, and I've actually tested this out too over the last 46 years, if an artist comes to you and says, hey, 
this is my poster, follow me on such and such or whatever. You respect them more than you even respect me or speaking the person passing out. Because a lot of times they look at the real life. Real life is like if like if I wasn't up here now, if I had my secretary up here talking in my place or something, you'd be like, well, does he really want to does he even care about information or being involved or being a part of the whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like children look at you, like anytime I see him, I'm gonna track him down, shake his hand and hug him or whatever, you know, it's like it's real. People that's real and not just like being friendly now and then see you outside and they know you or don't want to talk to you no more or whatever. You know, it's like that's what I've done my entire life. It's like Oh Lord, somebody help us with these Jehovah Witnesses, dog. Pass the word, pass the word. If you a Jehovah Witness, I ain't mean to hurt you. I'm not trying to attack you, but I'm just telling you what I experienced as the people on the other side, you know? It takes a village, man. I don't know what to tell you, but we gonna work on that shit. Much love, man. Shout out to the bros. Like this whole strictly chickly thing, um, it's just it's coming from a female narrative. Um, what I see, I'm cool. If it wasn't for the the man that I'm around or forced to be around due to this music shit, I wouldn't have learned how to have an open ear to hear the other side. So I appreciate the bros for um telling us what they go through and much love man respect to them and shout out to brody wave man misha shredder whenever he get that brody land shit kicked off i'm telling you it's going to be the most dominated mixtape out in a long time yo shout out to cleveland that's gonna be a big hit for y'all 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 watch y'all listen y'all see yo and, 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 and most importantly the whole nerve dj conference yo let me tell you again if you did if you couldn't make it this time definitely make sure that you guys follow them on twitter they have a strong Facebook page where you get the main information um, about, you know, the networks and how they move and what's coming up next. Because, you know, as a local artist, you want to get out there and this is where you need to go. You need to you need to build the, the networks. You got to connect with people, collab. So the Nerve DJ um, is like a big conglomerate, big system where you definitely want to have them on your side uh, while you out here moving independently. So shout out to the Nerve DJs. Um, Shout out to you. Shout out to my listeners. If it wasn't for y'all, I wouldn't be here. I'll catch you next month, right? All right. Yo, Shicky D, Strictly Chickly, Hip Hop Source, I'm out.